Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. God called to Jonah, Arise, go to Nineveh, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. Now, I don't know about you, but I sure would jump at the chance to go to my enemies and tell them off with the authority of God himself. (laughs) Who among us wouldn't lavish the opportunity to go and tell off our enemies? Who doesn't want to go and tell that bully, ha, your chickens have come home to roost. But Jonah surprises us because he flees. Not only is he taking, missing this opportunity to go and tell off his enemies, he is disobeying the word of the Lord to him. And why? He books passage on the first ship that will take him to the far side of the world. But three chapters go by before we find out why he got on that boat. The reason why he refuses to bring God's word to Nineveh. See, Jonah knows something about God's word. He knows that when God's word goes out, it has the power to enter into the sinner's ear, work its way into the sinner's heart, and cause that sinner to repent. To turn around, to change their ways, and confess their sin before God. And that is the last thing he wants to have happen to the people of Nineveh, his enemies. And why is that? Because Jonah also knows something about God. We heard it sung for us in our psalm today, and he says it in our verses from Jonah. I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and ready to relent from punishing. Seeing God have mercy on his enemies is the last thing that Jonah wants to see happen. It's the one thing he cannot bear to see happen. And so he tries to get as far away from Nineveh and Israel and God as he can go to the far end of the world. But there is no escaping his destiny. God sends a storm. God sends a whale. A giant fish who snatches Jonah in its jaws, carries Jonah in its belly, and spits him out on the land back where he had come from. And after that experience, Jonah says, well, (laughs) 
I guess there's no, no doing. I better just head to Nineveh. But if I'm going to go to Nineveh, I'm going to preach the worst sermon that I can possibly preach. I'm going to give them so little material that it's just barely going to be heard. And so Jonah goes into that city, and this is the entirety of his sermon. Forty days more, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. That's it. That's all he says. It's definitely a candidate for world's shortest sermon. <laughs> and maybe the worst, because there's no gospel. There's no hint that if they repent, there, there may be a change in circumstances. No doubt about it, Jonah made for a pitiful prophet. Prophet. And yet, the very things that Jonah knew about God's word and about God can work with even the worst of preachers. Thanks be to God. <laughs> God takes this pitiful little sermon and God does his work with it. God takes this Word, pure law, pure condemnation, and works in the people of Israel, or people of Nineveh, repentance. So that they say, who knows? God may relent and change his mind. He may turn from his fierce anger so that we do not perish. And when God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he said he would bring upon them. And he did not do it. Well, there it is, Jonah says. I knew, I knew it. God was going to do it, and he did it. It was more than Jonah could bear. How could Jonah ever show his face in Israel again? Because it was through him, despite his best efforts at being the worst prophet, it was through him that God had brought their enemies to mercy. Hmm. He declares to our astonishment, and now, O oh Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And when God doesn't grant his request right there on the spot, Jonah goes out of the city, sits down on a little hill overlooking Nineveh, and waits, hoping against hope that God will changed his mind again. That having lured the Ninevites into some false sense of security, then God would rain down brimstone and hail, fire from the sky. Instead, what God does is appoint a plant. And this plant grows up and it gives Jonah shade. And Jonah 
Jonah was really happy about that plant. Then God appointed a worm to kill that plant and a strong hot wind and the sun to beat down upon Jonah so that again he cries out, God, just take my life right here. What's the point of going on when you show such mercy to such people as my enemies, the Ninevites? God says to Jonah, are you calling me out because of my compassion? Is it not right that I should have pity upon Nineveh, this great city in which dwell more than 120,000 persons and animals? God has mercy even on the animals. Is it not right And that's how the book of Jonah ends. We have no idea how Jonah responded to God's question. But here is the question for you. How would you respond? Do you desire to see the sinner repent? And be saved, even when that sinner is your enemy who has done you wrong? Do you pray for your enemy? Do you pray that the lost may find their way? Do you love them? God does. St. Paul writes in 1 Timothy, God desires everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Even Jonah trusted in the unchanging nature of God's mercy for the sinner. The God is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Jonah just didn't like it. <laughs> Do you? Do you resent or do you rejoice in God's love for all people? Like Jonah, you have been saved by grace, despite your disobedience. Like Jonah, you have been called by God to go and send a message. And that message that you've been called to share isn't a message of fire and brimstone. It's a message of love. It's a message of God's love for all people. We have been entrusted with the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ crucified for the forgiveness of our sins. 
of his resurrection on the third day and of the promise of eternal life for all who believe in him. We have been sent to proclaim this good news to the whole creation, to proclaim repentance and the forgiveness of sins to all nations, called by God to go and make disciples, who make disciples, who make disciples. The gospel of Jesus Christ, which you have heard, which has gone into your ear and down into your heart, caused you to repent and receive God's mercy, is God's good news for all people. For those that you share a house with and for people on the far side of the world. For your favorite aunt and for the black sheep of the family for your best friend and for the friend who turned her back on you. For your coworkers, the one that you get along with and the one that makes you twitch. For your neighbors, the ones that you share everything with and the one that you wouldn't let borrow your cheapest tool. Yes, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ is for all people. It's good news for all people, and it's good news for you. Christ died for you, for the forgiveness of your sin. Repent and rejoice and share this good news. In the name of Jesus. Amen.